Sorry we've been gone so long. Oh, are we starting? I guess. Okay. Sorry this we've is been great. <laughs> Sorry we've been gone so long. I think it's been like a year since we last. A year? I'd have to check. Oh. Almost about a year because it was the last time we did anything was the Oscars. Oh yeah. If 2021. Jesus. Yeah, well, season two, baby. Yeah. Like, I think what happened is I I went back to work because I was uh-huh. I had been working from home that whole time and so I went back to work and then I just basically it, we died. We just didn't have time to do it yeah. anymore. It was bad. Work was bad. You know, all work. of our roaring fans really wanted this. All three of you. Uh, we're so sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> we're so sorry, but we're back. Yeah. Um, and I think we're switching things up a little bit this time around, yeah? Nah. Roll it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I we're, we're going to still talk about a movie. Um, and then I think we're going to do a little bit of like some, maybe like one, like one episode we'll share some news with you. Maybe one episode we'll share our opinion about something kind of different than the movie we talked about. And I think we're going to try to end with like some movie or TV recommendations at the end of every episode. So yeah, this is definitely scene 2.0. Yes. Um, and you know, if you have your, you can leave your thoughts on the Instagram. Right. Let if us you, know. If you're still subscribed. If you're still following, let us know what you think of the new or don't we just do whatever the new um realistically we're just gonna do whatever we want yeah it doesn't Uh, matter (laughs) but if you want you know to pretend like you're feeling validated anyway okay now let's actually roll it okay so we're here today because welcome back welcome back we are gonna talk about Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about... This is a nightmare. No. um, Today's movie that we're going to be talking about is Don't Look Up. Yeah. Um, The... Starring Jonah Hill. Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. Leonardo DiCaprio. Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence is back from... Kate Blanchett. They they dug up Jennifer Lawrence for this. I know. It's like kind of like a terrible thing to say because she is like, what, 30? she she did disappear for a bit she did hunger games and then she did like everything under the sun after hunger games and then she like took a hiatus so i don't blame good for her yeah take a take a break okay so don't look up is the you want to give a quickie review yeah i can give a little or like a summary um non-spoilery summary yeah it's a it's a it's an allegory on climate change and it's about how these two astronomer scientist people um, discover that a comet is hurtling towards Earth and is like like extinction level, like it's the size of Mount Everest or something like that. And um, they try to tell the president and they try to tell like the media and it ends up becoming just this whole circus of like controversy yeah it becomes politicized and people like don't believe them they're like well let's go see if we can get the data checked by people from a more credible source and then when it's like actually discovered like even like because it's just like 
people are arguing whether or not even the comet's real. And then it's proved that it's real. And then they're like, okay, we're going to destroy the comet or we'll like deflect the comet. But then they're like, no, actually, let's see if we can profit off the comet, which I think is like the most realistic part of yeah. this movie. Um, and then I know you said no spoilers, but like. Are, I mean, we I just know. started the podcast. Yeah. So how much spoilery do we want to do? Um, I guess like for quickie purposes, do you recommend this movie to anybody? Like, should, should people see this movie? I think so, because I know that it's supposed to be, uh, like, the director himself said it's about climate change and, like, that impending doom and, like, people not giving a shit about it. But I totally feel like within the context of COVID and the pandemic, it feels yeah. more relatable in that regard. And so you definitely watch it and go, like, oh, yeah, this is, like, the whole mask debate. This is the whole vaccine debate. And, like... So you relate to it in that way, even if you don't necessarily think about it in regards to the climate change context. But so I think like in I, that way, it's like pleasantly infuriating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I know a lot of people uh, le- leading up to this movie, a lot of people were telling me that like it wasn't good. That's what I um, heard too. I heard a lot of people say that. Yeah. Um. I've also heard other people go, it's a, I, I heard one friend go, it's, it's a good, pretty good movie, you know, <laughs> like, you know, um, I, I, I'm in the camp that it's a pretty good movie. I think in the context of having lived through the last two years, yeah, it's, it hits, it hits home. I mean, this is a very triggering movie. Uh, if you don't approach it from a satirical perspective right but approaching it like approaching it in the sense of like we were talking about this a little bit after mm-hmm. um this movie's a comedy yeah it's, it's a about, dark it's a it's, dark comedy yeah and i think it's something that needs to be approached in a dark comedic way uh, you got to be open to that um you're not watching wolf of wall street right uh you are watching don't look up and it is bleak and the dialogue is so good yeah the dialogue is very funny i know i heard i also heard it wasn't good and i'm still skeptical on whether or not i agree or disagree and i think a lot the way that i the like review i've seen over and over is that it feels like a really long snl sketch that's the review that i kept seeing pop up but that's not the vibe that i got i i think they said that because if you dig through adam mckay's uh imdb and everything yeah he used to be a writer for snl oh but that's still not the like that's not i don't get i get i i went the whole movie expecting snl vibes and there's definitely some there um with the uh the whole present no we'll get into a bit of spoiler bit here so a quickie review alex is kind of mixed on it i think you guys should go see it um and if that's all you guys really need you know just pause this and go watch it and see (laughs) if you agree but to get back to the point of like does it feel like snl it does in pieces i i think with the commercials the doomsday uh, not doomsday commercials but when he's on Sesame oh, yeah. Street. That was so funny. And he's like explaining like, oh, all the jobs that will be created from the 
meteor. Yeah, and there was also um, one where it was like call this hotline about like it was about the comet and like how you might deal with like yeah. the the impending doom of the comet or every, something like that. And it definitely reminded me of like a COVID hotline. <laughs> yeah, every time they the president come played by Meryl Streep. Yeah, she's a queen. Yeah, an absolute treasure in this movie. Everything Meryl Streep touches is just it's amazing. It's just yeah great, and. I think people also forget that she's very funny. Right. Like, I think Jonah Hill said in an interview that she's, like, one of the funniest people he knows. Yeah. Which is very funny. Um, But, yeah, any, like, when you first are introduced to her, that whole scene in the, uh, the Oval in, in the Oval Office where they're, like, we're 100% sure it's going to hit. And she's, like, nothing's 100%. And they're, like, okay, well, it's 99.78% chance it's yeah. going to hit. And they're, like, oh, so it's not a hundred percent. Yeah, she was and like, just say, call just it seventy. Call it, call it seventy. Maybe sixty's good. Sixty will pull, pull well. And that's a big thing in this movie. Everything is for poll numbers and like perception and getting reelected. It's because it's in the middle of the midterm election for yeah. her presidency, and so, and she like talks. It's, it's everything really much becomes politicized, which I think is the total reality of what would happen if a comet were coming like hurtling towards Earth. It would be politicized. Just like in the way that COVID nineteen, oh. I was gonna say, like I was just gonna say, in the way climate change was, but yeah, like uh, it, but like is is climate change really happening? But like you're taking away jobs, or is COVID nineteen really happening? Well, you're infringing on my rights by making me wear a mask. Yeah, like I thought, I thought that aspect of it was pretty spot on and on the nose. But and like I think, yeah, I think like. Everything that was said, it didn't feel so over the top or so out of left field that I was like, oh, no, like that wouldn't happen. Like, it's very much like, oh, Mm -hmm. no, like I could totally see that happening, especially after the circus that has been the last two years. There was definitely commentary on how government reacts to crisis. Yeah. And something that I feel, do we ever need commentary? We know we know how the government reacts but like i think it's something that's important to document especially after coming out of covid and you know we're all being in covid still and but like being what feels like on the tail end of covid right um i think being where we are now and having lived what we lived through it's almost kind of a cathartic thing Completely. Uh, to, to kind of view. Um, no, completely. I, it reminded me a lot of like uh, Bo Burnham's special Inside, how it was like dark and sad. And it was definitely filmed at the beginning of the pandemic stages where like everybody was quarantining. There was a like a shutdown and nobody was leaving. And you, you're watching that and reliving those moments. And he's expressing it in a way that's like comedic, but also like sad. And he talks about like real stuff, like mm. how he was suicidal, about how he was just like in a really dark place. Um, but you're watching it, and it feels cathartic because you're like, I've been through that too. Like I yeah. felt those feelings, and I'm, and this is such a great way to help me, like, to like process those feelings and cope. And I felt like this was fairly similar, and but like the political spectrum, the political yeah. side of that spectrum. Of uh, like, well, the political side yeah. of it is so exhausting. And I guess like you look at it and you go, man, do I need a reminder of the last two years? And I think a lot of people came out of, I think the people that said they didn't like it are also 
kind of exhausted with the whole like well everyone's exhausted exactly yeah it's the same people that don't really like inside um i saw a lot of people when tiger king 2 uh season 2 for yeah. tiger king started very good, they were they the were like i don't want to even think about tiger king because that was how the pandemic started for me you know yeah um, it brings up trauma yeah it's it, real it, it's triggering and it i th- again i think you need to approach this with the perspective that it's satirical and that when it was when they started writing this movie covid wasn't even a covid was not being thought about that's true it was announced in 2019 so it was always made under the guise or under the like i said the connection to climate change i just think it's very interesting that it does feel so real in regards to the pandemic Mm -hmm. and like how but like if if it was like if they're climate like um pandemic or not like if it was just talking about climate change or like we were just like thinking about it from that lens of climate change it is very also just jarring and frustrating yeah. to think about in regards to like how the government even most recently is like well we can't convert everything to electricity because we would be losing so many jobs and like that's the whole thing is like jobs and like the uh, like the well, polling numbers and how yeah. uh so it's so frustrating to and like it's not something that like people don't know but hearing people flat out be like well no we're just going to put this to the back burner until after my midterm elections yeah so that this way i don't get like bad which is like i don't even understand honestly i don't even understand how midterm elections work because like if she, <laughs> don't laugh at me, but like, uh, she's president, right? Yeah. So like, could she get voted out in the middle of her term? No. Or is it just about approval ratings? No. Uh, so the theory with <laughs> midterm elections goes, if the president is p- doing awful, then they start losing seats in the Senate and the House. And that's what gets uh... dealt with at the midterm level. And so like that's okay. that's what happened. So, like, so when Donald Trump uh, became president, yeah, um, he had the Senate and the House. Well, his poll numbers never went above fifty percent, and uh, regardless of your thoughts on it, that's reality. Um, uh, and as a result, he lost the, I believe, the Senate. Yes. You got, okay. Yeah. So it's not about like losing the presidency, but it's about like losing the power that you it's have about with losing, your party. Yeah. Okay. That it's makes about sense. losing seats in uh, the in legislative, legislative branch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. I don't know a lot. That's about. our history hot take. <laughs> <laughs> um, getting back to this uh, movie. Uh, I kind of diving away from the COVID aspect and kind of leaning in more towards the environmental aspect that the movie's actually based on. Yeah. There's a big emphasis on, uh, big tech and its influence. Oh my God. Yeah. That whole, uh, what on, on government and everything, uh, the power of lobbyists in government. Um, yeah, that was pretty, like, fucking shitty. They, like, have, like, this, like, it's, like, the world's worst combination of, like, Steve Jobs and Elon Musk with, like, the voice of a mouse. Oh, he's so good. Yeah, it's... I, I wish I don't have my phone near me. But, but the voice that he does is just, like, hello, 
this God, is not, like it's so he's so good yeah he, he's one of the he steals the show in almost every scene he's in because he is such a I don't, I don't wanna, even know this actor's name. I don't know his act, this actor's name. Well, let me find yeah. my phone. You got your phone. Yeah, I have my phone. Okay, you look up his name. Um, so his whole thing is like, uh, he's he's very much got a Tim Cook, Steve Jobs personality. Yeah. He's every single uh, tech billionaire CEO that's ever existed. Ever, yeah. Yeah. Um, and... Again, he's he's terrifying with his tiny voice. He's Mark Rylance. Mark Rylance. Which we do, like, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, Dunkirk, Trial of Chicago 7, BFG, mm-hmm. other things. Ready Player One. Is he? Oh, wow. But yeah. Uh, yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff. He's he... more of, like, a serious actor. So I think this was a cool thing for him to be in. Anyway. Yeah, no, uh... The movie talked, like, Alex, you said earlier that mm-hmm. they tried to dive, like, they saw reason because of votes and uh, we're going to shoot missiles at the comet to redirect it into the sun or wherever. It was, yeah, they were just trying Earth. to redirect the comet initially when they, like, all agreed that, like... They had their they hero had, moment. Yeah. They had, played by um hellboy yeah yeah, which is funny so awesome but then like big tech guy comes in and he's like you know what we could do instead is we could like we found out that like this comet is worth like 140 trillion dollars or something in minerals that make cell phones Mm -hmm. and the guy like runs a cell phone company and so he's like instead of like redirecting it why don't we just blow it up into tiny little pieces and then mine the pieces for money and then i'll get really fucking rich yeah. And the president was like, yep, into it. And, like, he's, like, in, like, the situation room with them, yeah. which is bonkers. Yeah. Like, giving this presentation and you're like, Steve Jobs would not be, like, like, maybe he did. I don't know. Like. Well, it's, it's a commentary yeah. on, like, oh, okay. it's a commentary on what a <laughs> douchebag. Yeah. What am an asshole. But, um, it's okay. I said the word allegory earlier, so. Mm, it's cathartic. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> no, uh. It's I. It's definitely a commentary on the fact that, I mean, it plays into the whole gun debate. It's like, oh, we could talk about guns, and then some dude with a lot of money goes, "Do you want to talk about guns?" As he's writing a very big yeah. check, and well, I guess we don't have to. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and maybe that is a bit of the SNL aspect because SNL has always ran a little blue totally Um, very left very blue um but i think that has to do with just there's so much frustration yeah we're not idiots like the american people as much as to anyone that doesn't live here we're not all dumb uh no i know (laughs) we we're not like what's on the tv we're pretty smart sometimes and like we see it we see this we 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 know I think my favorite aspect with, like, the tech plot line was he was like, yeah, I'm going to, like, invent these little drones or these, like, big machines that will launch these little drones and the little drones will, like, drill into the comet and then, like, we'll hit, we'll hit, like, a button and at all the same time they'll release a pulse and, like, that will break up the comet. And the two astronomers are like, 
Uh, awesome. Is it peer reviewed? Is it peer reviewed? Like, have you tested this out before? And he was like, no, 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 no. no he no, never no. says no. He always, he always kind of dodges around no. Yeah. And he's like, are you telling me I'm not smart? Yeah, yeah. Are you, tell- is... are you second guessing? I'm a very smart businessman. And like, all it did was make me think about Elon Musk being like, hey, I want to take some kid to space. You Let's mean, just do it. Wait, Elon? Or not Elon. Um, Whatever the fuck his name is. Jeff Bezos. 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 Yeah. Elon, being like, Elon's going to go to space first. Yeah. He'll be in that rocket alone. But like, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> but like Bezos just being like, I'm going to take some kid to space because I can. And people being like, okay. Like, that's how it I'm gonna felt. I'm going to take William Shatner to space because. Mm. Yeah. Like, that's how it felt. It was like that moment of like, well, I can just do whatever I want because I have money. And the government trusts me because I have money. Um, and so, yeah, like the president the entire time was like, yeah, like this is like, like, this is really wonderful. I'm so excited. Um, and they're like, I don't know if this is going to work. And he's like, how dare you accuse me of being Mm. stupid? Like, I'm obviously not stupid. I invented a cell phone company. Yeah. Like. I, uh, I, I invented Bash. Bash is the Apple. Yeah. Bash is Apple of the world. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought. I thought that was interesting as well. Well, they also, I, they allude to so much in this movie. And on top of, like, the tech billionaire trying to, like, save the world, you have the rest of the countries. Because this was kind of where what I was, I was like, well, America, we might have NASA. But we're not but the only people. we're not people. the only people. Yeah. And so what they allude to is that uh, there's sabotage with... The other countries. Oh, yeah, because Russia tries Ru- to, like, Russia launch. tries to launch their stuff, and it mysteriously blows up, I think is how they describe it. And then... Chi- it, like, failed. It yeah, failed. It mysteriously it failed. Yeah. Same with China's. They mysteriously failed. Yeah, like, all the other powerhouses of the world tried, but, like, none of their tech worked. And so, like, the U.S. tech is the only tech that works, and it's superior. Well, the Bash is the only tech yeah, that Yeah, Bash's works. tech yeah. is the only tech that mysteriously works out of the whole fucking world, mm-hmm. which is so interesting. Um... But yeah, it was like, I don't know. I do think like, I think kind of just to wrap things up, I think if you haven't seen this movie, you should watch it because even if you don't give a shit about saving the planet, like you will relate to it and you will be like so infuriated by it. And I think the part I honestly liked the most um, was the end. I kind of hated the end. But I also liked the end. The end being... The end where they failed to blow up the planet. Or the blow up the comet, excuse mm-hmm. me. And so all of the characters, like the astronomers, they all go to like the guy's house and they all have dinner together. And they're like waiting for the end of the world together. Mm-hmm. And then the comet like makes impact and everybody just fucking dies. It's pretty yeah. insane. Um, there's like a part after where like... I don't, I don't like the after credit scene. Like, that was stupid, but... Yeah, the after credit scene was very much like... That was just there for shits and giggles. Like, yeah. whatever. But I liked the end. I hated the end because it felt so serious out of the whole movie. You're like, everything's so infuriating, and this is, like, the most serious part of it. Also, like, Timothy Chalamet's in this movie to just, like, make out with Jennifer Lawrence for a minute, because why not? Very, very weird, but... Um, he's good in everything he's in. Alex just hates Timothy Chalamet. No, this is the only role he was meant to play, which is like a greasy little teenager. I... Okay, uh, can we talk about the acting and like all the major characters in this? Because 
or all the major actors. There's every actor you can think of is in this movie. Yeah, Tyler Perry's in this Tyler movie. Tyler Perry's in it. Um, Let me look up the IMDb uh, again. Timothy Chalamet, Ron Perlman. Yeah. Uh, Michael Chiklis is in it for a hot minute. Oh, yeah, for like two seconds. Yeah, he's I in, forgot about that. You know, every, every actor <laughs> is in this. And I think I wonder if that also plays to the climate change, or um, that plays to like the SNL vibes um critique maybe i I don't know i think my favorite review of this movie was it's a sat it's an obvious satire ariana grande's ariana grande's a kid cutties in this movie yeah my the most paul guilfoyle's in this movie if you don't know who who paul guilfoyle is you do he's the old guy from fucking csi not gil grissom's character but like his boss like yeah, so many actors are in this that, like, you're like, why? Did mm. you just, like, were you just bored at home? No, Adam McKay's. Adam McKay did uh, Vice. He's, like, a really big... Uh... No, I know. I'm still not necessarily sold on the fact that this is a good movie. I it's, think it's interesting, and I think people so should watch many, it. There, the acting is r- incredible all around. The dialogue is incredible all around. It's shot fantastically. Like I there are some scenes where like it's so funny. They'll I don't even know how to describe it. It'll be like two characters sitting in a room talking, but they'll cut to like the water glass on the table in yeah, the middle of the sentence the editing and then go is back. So interesting. Like or they'll cut to like a lizard outside like sunbathing and then it like cuts back to the scene. Like in the middle of the sentence too, it's not like where there's like lulls or anything. They'll like do these random jump cuts to these different little just like vignettes of whatever which i thought was interesting and i'm sure they're they're more meaningful than i thought they would that 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 like i'm processing them to be oh they were so interesting yeah it was one of those things where it was like we're talking about um you know you're talking about x y or z and then you cut to a still of like the president or George Washington or something, you know, like you cut to yeah, very funny. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's it's like oh, we're I get what we're trying to do here. It's we're trying to for some emphasize, of them it emphasize. was obvious, but, but like other it, ones all, it was I think like, it uh... also was meant to like this is very chaotic. Like when they when uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character who he plays like a very Anthony Fauci esque character. Yeah. In it. It's pretty funny. Um, the handsome scientist. Yeah. I thought was very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he, you know, he's freaking out on TV and we're cutting to stills of the audience, like, horrified and, like, newspaper stuff on the outside world. Like, it, it, it's very... It's hard to describe. Yeah, it's hard to describe. It's a very interesting part of this film and that's kind of all i gotta say about it i do i'm gonna cough before, hold on <coughs> i do want to ask alex mm-hmm. so this movie came out end of last year right this is yeah. this is like the tail end of 2021 yeah it came out in theaters like early december and then it went to streaming like christmas or something like okay. that so is this an Oscar contending movie. Ooh. Do you, in your mind, and at the, at the time of recording this, we haven't 
the Oscars haven't been announced. Um, but the Golden Globes have. Golden Globes already happened. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they already happened. And usually what happens with the Golden Globes is that, like, they kind of reflect what the Oscars are going to be. Not always. Sometimes. That's not necessarily true. And I was no. listening to another podcast about how fucked up the Golden Globes are. Right, well, um, we, we don't need to. Anyway. <laughs> so, there's, you know, there's no fucking people of color. On, there was no fucking people of color on that board for, like, ever until last year. And then they added, like, three black people. It's fucked up. Anyway. It's like every award show. No, fuck the Academy. <laughs> um, so. Is this going to be an Oscar movie? I don't think it's going to win anything big. If it wins anything at all. You, get, you think it gets nominated? Because I feel like it was in... It might get nominated for, like, best comedy. Is that even a category? Mm, no. Oh. <laughs> I think it... I, do you, you don't think it would be in a best picture category? Because no. usually what happens... I'd be very surprised if it was in best picture. Because I don't think it was received very well. And I do think the Oscars go off of a lot of the, like... The buzz. The buzz and the reception. Yeah. And definitely the gold, the Globes do, too. So What's I don't on? even know if it... Actually, let me see if it was even nominated or got any Globes. Like... I think if you have an all-star cast like that and you let it do some theater runs, it's kind of like how The Irishman was. Yeah, but that movie was actually good. I'm still... You saw The Irishman. Yes, I did! Did we watch that together? No, we didn't watch it together, but I saw it. Okay, well, I watched it alone. That movie was very good. It's very good. Yeah, hold on. Let me see if it's been... Oh, so much shit on Wikipedia. Oh, wow. On Wiki, there's a whole reception among scientists. That's really funny. (laughs) Most scientists, climate scientists, think it's good. (laughs) Yeah. Because I'm sure it's the life they fucking lived. Yeah. Well, our living... Oh, wow. It's actually been up for a lot of, what the fuck? A yeah. lot of different things. Hold on. I, be- I believe it. Oh, wow. It was nominated in, for Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. This is the Globes, by the way. Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy, Best Actor, Leonardo DiCaprio, mm-hmm. Best Actress, Jennifer Lawrence, and Best Screenplay. They didn't win, but they were nominated. And then they won Best Original Screenplay for the Detroit Film Critics Society Awards. So, like, nothing important. Um, And they did win the American Institute Film Award, Top 10 Movie of the Year. But they were mainly nominated for a fuck ton of stuff. Oh, Best Original Score they won Mm -hmm. for the Hollywood Music and Media Awards. And Best Comedy, the Las Vegas Critics, Film Critics Society. And the National Board of Review, they won top 10 films. I'm very intrigued because it's a bunch of like, oh, in San Diego Films Critics Society Awards, they won the Best Ensemble. Well, yeah, there's not a better ensemble. Yeah, no, that I agree with. Even if Tick, Tick, Boom, which I think is going to do a ton of stuff. I think it's going to fucking not. I think it's going to Yeah, it's going to be so good. Even with Tick, Tick, Boom, yeah, I think this has the best ensemble. I agree. I I would put it in Best Picture category. I don't know if I would. I didn't like it that much. And I know that like, I'm thinking about I don't everything have to that like came it. out last year. And I'm like, yeah, it's probably within the 10, yeah. the 10 films that would get put in there. I could see it being in there. I just don't agree. But just because I don't like something doesn't mean that it's not necessarily yeah. up for best. Like Nomad Land won last year. Promising Young Woman fucking makes Jesus it, Christ. Then this true. is definitely in there. Oh my God. It's war flashbacks. 
Yeah, okay, that's fair. If Promising Young Woman can get nominated for anything besides maybe best um, music, like, mm -hmm. then fair. I could see this then being in the in uh, best movie. But I wouldn't vote for it. No, I saw shit I, that was way I, better. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not saying it wins best picture. I'm saying nominated. It just would be nominated. Yeah, I, I could see I would it. be very surprised if it wasn't nominated for a best picture. Because it yeah. is, there's... So many interesting things in it. Yeah, there's I, a lot. I of would just, I would parts. be, I would be remiss if they didn't put it in there. Well, I guess we'll see. So we're definitely gonna be doing, um, watching all of the, just like we did last year. Not watching probably not a the, bracket though. We won't do a bracket. No, we won't. But do we'll a probably watch and re and maybe review all of the movies that are on the best film, best whatever. I can't think of the movie. picture. Yeah, thank you. God, it's been a long day. <laughs> um that's on the best picture list because it's just fun and so i'd be very surprised though if it won i'd be might be so mad because there were so many other things that came out last year that was so much better mm -hmm. so but we'll we'll talk about yeah. that at some point okay i think we're kind of coming to the end the review portion the review portion do you recommend people watch this movie yeah yeah, watch it. Like I don't think so don't too. let your don't let your friends tell you it's not good. Uh, figure it out for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, it it's a hit and miss movie for sure. But I I always get annoyed when people say, "Oh, that movie's not good," but they never saw it. Yeah, I think that's like a unfortunate thing that we do in our culture. My recommendation is I um, I'm going to tell you a story. My mom texted me today and she said, have you seen the movie Don't Look Up? And I said, yeah, yeah, like, I thought it was pretty interesting. And she was like, really? My sister, Ella, and my mom thought it was stupid. And I was like, oh, it's supposed to be stupid. And then my mom said, Rosie O'Donnell said it was the best movie of the year. And then she said, it was just weird and almost cartoon-like. I guess that's what they wanted to achieve. And the ending, horrible. And I said, well, it's an allegory for climate change. And my mom said, of course, but come on, it paints humans as idiots. And I go, I mean, is it wrong? And she goes, well, maybe we are a bit stupid. So take that information and do with it what you will. Moving on. <laughs> so we're, yeah, we're trying something a little bit different. Um, instead of just doing a, like a review, we also, I think today want to do a little bit of like an opinion piece to talk about some other things yeah, that have been on our mind. Yeah, kind of like we saw a bunch of movies at the end of the year. Yeah, we did. Um, and we thought about doing Saint, a Saint episode on those. And I felt that there wasn't anything interesting to talk about with them. Um, yeah. And I, I thought... More importantly, there was a bigger question or bigger conversation that we could have uh, surrounding all the films that we did see. Because they all had one thing in common. They all had one thing in common. Um, and they were all sequels yeah. to existing IP um, or existing movies in general. And yeah, I think... Just, and they all just yeah. felt like unnecessary they're they're they all kind of they well most of them kind of fell flat yeah um i don't want to say all of them because technically spider-man 
which we yeah. saw twice. Oh my god, falls into that category. Ugh, um, so good. But what we're what we're what I'm specifically getting at is Matrix Four. Yeah. And the King's Man. Oh man, both so I was so excited to watch both of them, and they both were just really bad. Like I fell asleep during Resurrections, Matrix Resurrections. You did. Yeah. I fell asleep, and like I've been falling asleep a lot lately on the couch because I've been tired. But like, I was excited for that movie, and it was so boring. And the Kingsman too. I think like it's hard because people will like they both came out for different reasons. Like Matrix Four definitely came out because somebody told Lana. Probably they like, approached both both Wachowskis. Yeah, and they were and like, went, "You need to make one. You need to make a let's sequel. make a let's make a movie." And I think the Wachowskis are very protective of what happens with the Matrix, and they don't want. Because there's a reason why both of them didn't work on this. Yeah, it was, it was just, just Lana. It was just a single Wachowski. That yeah, did it was it. just Lana. Um, I don't know the and, other sister's name. Uh, I don't know Leah. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's I not, don't know. That's not right. But <laughs> I so talking about the Matrix, I felt the Matrix was interesting in the sense that like. It's interesting because the first half of the film, which you were awake for, yeah. where they talk about like the meta and like a bunch of people sitting in a room. It's so meta. Oh my god. Um, well, even before the people sitting in the room, there was a there's a like the 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 way the movie is set up is that like um, Keanu Reeves's character Neo, although he's like his like previous Matrix name, which I can't even remember. Anderson. Anderson. Yeah, Mr. whatever Anderson, the, yeah. whatever his name is. He um is a video game developer and he developed the Matrix trilogy as video games. And then his boss, who's played by Jonathan fucking Groff, which he, like is he's so whatever she says, she fell asleep halfway through the Anyway. Movie. He's great. They're in a meeting together <laughs> and he Jonathan Groff is like, Hey, you have to make another Matrix film and like you can tell that like Keanu Reeves is like very much like he's like making these or Matrix not film, Matrix game, and he's like very much like I making these has traumatized me and has made me feel like the Matrix is a real thing. Like, like, you know, in his brain, he's like, I can't do this kind of thing. But uh, the boss is like, yeah, like you have to do it or else like Warner Brothers is just going to make someone else. like literally he says Warner Brothers is just going to make someone else do it. And I know that this is like your baby. So yeah, I'm asking you to do it's it. It's the most on the nose thing I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. And it's what made me really like this in the beginning i'd say in the beginning i my issue with and i it's the same issue i had with matrix 3 um because i think reloaded is a good movie the, the, the second, second one, one. i yeah. think the second one's fine in the context of the third movie though it's not good in the same way that star wars episode 9 yeah which also kind of plays into this whole unnecessary sequel yeah our uh talk um star wars episode nine makes star wars episode eight awful star right. wars episode eight on its own is fine because it just negates everything that has ever happened yeah and so this this i don't even know i literally couldn't tell you what happened in this movie because i fell asleep as like shit was picking up because he like then was actually still in the matrix 
And then, like, he wakes up, and then some lady talks for, like, eight minutes straight, and then that's where I started to fall asleep, because she literally was talking for so the, long. The like, Matrix oh my movies God. for me, like, I, I am not someone who would take the red pill, uh, <laughs> because I, I just don't find the world outside of the Matrix interesting. It's so, which is so scary strange, and sad. Which is so strange. It, like, like revolution was all about what's happening outside of the matrix and i genuinely like did not care about zion and i don't care about io well because you're supposed to care about like how like nobody has free will and blah 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 but i'm like nah like the fucking matrix itself is cool yeah like i and i think that's what made this movie shine was the idea of the uh when it was the matrix and it was the same with the Kingsman. When yeah. these movies were the Kingsman and the Matrix, uh, they're awesome. Yeah. Like, Bullet Time, super cool. Yeah. Uh, the chick with the blue hair in the Matrix, awesome. Uh, yeah, the, like the, the... What's her name? Cat or something? Which I don't is, even know. It's just fantastic if it's Cat. Um, because she plays... Oh, no. She's like the white rabbit, right? Yeah, she's the yeah, white rabbit. Yeah, yeah. She, whatever. But <laughs> when the movie, when she, when when it when it, the movies are what made the movies great, they're awesome. Yeah. And I know it's a weird sentence, but I I stand by what I'm saying. No, yeah, like there's a scene in Matrix where there's like a Neo Trinity. Um, they're in the Matrix, but it's like a Neo Trinity. Um uh reconnection i can't think mm-hmm. of the word but like they're like sitting and talking over a coffee and you're like oh like this is fun like it's fun to yeah. see those two people together and you're like ah but like then it was like ruined with like flashbacks to the first movie and i'm like if i wanted to watch the first fucking movie i'd watch the first fucking movie like yeah it just kept flat literally just like flashing back to the first movie so much within the first 20 minutes and you're like i get it like i understand um because it's supposed to be like re he's re- reliving his trauma because he thinks like those things actually happened but like and they actually did you mm-hmm. know it, it like i don't know i i was really sad because it was so boring yeah and with the kingsman too it was the same deal oh my god the rasputin King, fight king's man yeah the origin story of the kingsman real cool real cool in concept Honestly, and i, I love the, the origin actual origin story was stupid Arthur. No, oh, it was stupid. Okay. I, I I didn't like the actual origin of it. I didn't mind it. I just felt that the storytelling aspect wasn't there. And, and the again, story I, itself. Kingsman, the King, I, I appreciated them trying to do a prequel because they did a sequel and it is by far one of the worst sequels. Movie, Golden Circle, it's a fine movie. Yeah. As a sequel, it is one of the worst sequels ever made. I need to rewatch it because I don't remember not liking it that much. I remember being like, oh, it wasn't as good as the first, but I liked it. Everything that's good about the first movie and everything that makes the first movie special is undone by the second movie, which is the exact opposite of what a sequel should do. Right. I just don't remember what happens, I guess. Well, they introduce the resurrection and they bring back... um, What's his oh, face? They bring back the guy. Yeah. It, it'd be like if they resurrected Phil Coulson in Avengers 2, you know? Yeah, because it, it doesn't matter. I yeah. see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, and I, I, to all of my Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fans out there, 
They did. They did resurrect <laughs> Phil Coulson, but he never interacts with anybody. Right, so it's ever. different. So who cares? Yeah. Um, you know, killing Princess Leia and then two scenes Leia. Uh, Leia? <laughs> wow. Two scenes later, having her force pull herself to safety. Or blowing up Chewbacca and then a scene later showing me that he's fine. Does kind of undoes your movie in it a just, bit. It's, it like just makes you feel shitty for no reason. Yeah, Which exactly. Like it's, okay. it's like a sleight of hand thing. And I feel like sequels like to do that. Cheap sequels try like to do that. Um, yeah, it's like, gotcha. You know, I don't... Or they're cringy. I watched... I tried watching Venom 2. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I tried. That's another one. Another unnecessary sequel to an un... I hate Venom. I think... I hate the Venom For, for me, for, but... like, the big difference between, like, Matrix and Kingsman is, like, I liked the plot of Matrix from what I watched. From what I actually watched, I liked the plot. Kingsman was, like, not good because the the premise is that, like, it's, like, fucking a long time ago. And... <laughs> oh, my God. This, Alex. I'm trying to remember what year it was. <laughs> Was it World War One? World War One. Okay, so like the nineteen tens. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. This is, yes, the nineteen tens. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. I like the history aspect. The no, historical fiction side of this movie is awesome. Anyway, and Alex looked at me and she goes, "World War Two did not take place at this point." No, I didn't say World War Two. <laughs> I knew it was World War One because they were like in the trenches, but. Right? Correct. Anyway. Yeah, should have known it was World War One when they killed the uh, the dude in the very beginning. What dude did they kill in the they beginning? They killed uh, the Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Oh, yeah, they killed... Yeah, they killed him. No, I know. No, like, I, the plot was, like... It was, like... I'm trying to even remember how this fucking thing started. There's oh, this guy... organization that's trying to create... that. Ha- it's trying to start World War One to dismantle England. Right. <laughs> that's the plot of Kingsman. Right, but it's like this random duke in England whose wife was killed on a mission in Africa. Like, he... No, that's just the origin story of... No, I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, he, um... His, he, like, protects his son. And his son is just like, well, dad, like, he's, he's like, uh, you can't grow up in, like be go to war you can't grow up and like join the military because like i need to protect you because i didn't protect my wife and the son's like life fucking mission is like to go to the military and be on the front lines in world war one because he's stupid and so he ends up joining the front line all right they end up like doing this like secret mission to try to stop to try to get information out of like this russian czar and um the secret mission like goes well they kill the guy everything goes great they do the thing and so the dad's like, yeah, so, like, you won't join the military? And you're like, Russian oh, yeah. Czar. You mean Rasputin? Yeah. He's not the czar. Oh, whatever. Some <laughs> Russian fucking idiot. Like, whatever. It doesn't matter. <sighs> so he they end up going through with the mission. It's dope. <laughs> Shut up. It's the coolest part of the... Shut up! Keep going! It's the coolest part of the movie because it has, like, the fun, weird sexual shit. It has the great fight scene and the music. Like, the guy's doing, like, very traditional, like, Russian dancing, like, while he's fighting. It's hilarious. They're, like, sword fighting. It's great. The mission goes well, and then the dad basically is like, yeah, so you won't join the military? And you think the kid, like, you, where it's supposed to go is that the kid is, like, this is how I rewrite it. The kid would be like, yeah, dad, like, this is dope. And, like, that's the start of the Kingsmen, like, as the, like, the organization that they are. But yeah. the kid goes like, no, I'm going to go join the military still. So then he does, and he dies. 
And you're just like, what? And so then the dad's like really sad and full of grief and whatever. So then he like, <laughs> and so. I remember this movie pretty well. <laughs> yeah, I sat, we sat very close to the screen. No, I. So, and then like, and then like he ends up going and finding the actual guy who runs the other secret organization that's trying to like destroy England um, and like killing him. And then like, that's the start of Kingsman. And I was like, I wish it really had been the start with like the kid because that just, it, it well, did you hear that? No, <laughs> but like, because that made more sense to me, like having the kid die just for the sake of the dad being sad and then going off and trying to kill the head of the organization, like was like dumb. I will say like the things that were cool in Kingsman were cool. Like the Rasputin fight scene and the plane crash. The things that made And the fights, all the fight scenes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what Great. What Kingsman is, is the church scene in the first Kingsman movie. Yeah. Like And like the girl being like, I'll let you fuck me in the ass if you save my life. That's not what is Kingsman. I feel like that's a big part of it. The dialogue is also a big part of it. But so. I I go, I'm like, the cool fight scenes and very stylistic fight scenes are what makes Kingsman Kingsman. And so you get, you, you get that again, but it's like, uh, it's just. Not, it fell so flat. Yeah. The plot itself made it fall so flat and it made me really not give a shit. And the cool, like, I, again, another cool thing was, is like, they all have like old medieval like um, secret code names and stuff, um, and so like finding out like the origin of that, like awesome. Yeah. And finding out like how like the kid calls himself Lancelot, and then like it later on knowing that like the other main character's name is Lancelot or like somebody's name is Lancelot, like makes it feel super important. Yeah. Um, but like I just was so upset with the what, like what actually happened in the story. Like that made me so upset about the king's man. Yeah. Like. Ah, it was so annoying. Yeah, I, I think the theme I'm gonna get at is with, with these three. With I'll, I'll throw Carnage in there too. What makes the, what made those movies so good? Like, regardless of my opinions on Venom, it's the banter with Tom Hardy talking to himself, like Eddie Brock and Venom talking to each other. Yeah, is what makes that movie so good. When they tried capturing that magic again, and again, I lasted 15 minutes during Carnage. I didn't like that movie at all. Um, And I was stuck on a plane, and I was a captive audience, and I still wanted to watch Cool Runnings more. (laughs) (laughs) Great movie. Um, That's my movie, Rick. No, I, uh, yeah. When you try to recapture this magic, but there's no substance... These sequels fall flat. Um, yeah, it's and, unfortunate. Which, to all of you diehard Matrix fans, if you got something out of Matrix 4, good for you. I think there was no substance in Matrix 4. Personally, I don't think there was. Yeah. Um, except that the theme that seems to be in a lot of Wachowski's movie, that love transcends your physical body and exists in in the depths of your soul and two souls will always go and find each other and that is the theme with every wachowski film which mm-hmm. i love cloud atlas i like um, 
Yeah, there you go. So. Um, so, you know, there's not a lot of depth to these movies, though, outside of, like, trying to recapture this magic. Now, where Spider-Man comes in... Oh, so good. Which a lot of people could say that the the, the Spider-Man movies are kind of fall in this realm. I don't agree. I think MCU has figured out a way to make these sequels pretty pretty good because everything seems to be a sequel to the previous thing and it adds on it adds on and the character development like spider-man like the the spider-man from homecoming is not the same spider-man from no way home like also like it is so drastically different because he has changed and grown so much like regardless of the fan service of bringing in everybody back or whatever like you know and combining all the different franchises like yeah because no way home doesn't just stand as a sequel to far from home it's a sequel to the raimi trilogy and yeah and the web movies yeah you know Um, no yeah but like i think that like the development of the character is super important across the sequel and if you just have the same characters happening like Neo is Neo the entire Matrix franchise. Yeah, he's you never know? not been Neo. He's, he, he never really grows or changes. He's just like, the same mission is well, always the same. Get out of yeah. the Matrix, you know? Um, like, and I think that's what makes Spider-Man so good. Again, outside of like, do I think it was fan servicey? Sure. Totally. Like, I like that though, because I'm yeah, a fan. Yeah, usually I like, like I, I'm not like opposed to fan service when it's cool. You right, know, it was fucking awesome. Getting, getting, like, and again, and that's a lot of, like, what comes around with sequels is this uh, fan service aspect. And we're going to give the fans what they loved about yeah. the first one again. And, but the fan service in this was, hey, you get to th- see three Spider-Men. Spider-Men. Spider-Men swing around on screen you know fucking awesome yeah it was so you get cool. to get some redemption with andrew garfield oh. um and to all of you people that want an amazing spider-man 3 you don't by the way none of you want an amazing spider-man 3 because i've watched the last two venom movies and i'm probably going to be forced to watch morbius Oh my god I can't and wait. i'm I can't telling wait. you you do not want an amazing spider-man 3 you want an MCU Spider-Man. <laughs> Played by Andrew Garfield. Played by yeah, Andrew Garfield. Exactly. Which would be a much better story. Um, yeah. No, I'm, I yeah. thought Spider-Man was good. I'm, and I'm biased because I love him and I love Tom Holland and I love Spider-Man. Um, all of the Spider-Men. Like, but it, it was just, it was yeah. so good. It was so fucking good. So if you haven't seen it, you should. Because we saw it twice. And anyway, I think to wrap that up, sequels are good if they add to the story, but not if they just rehash the story over and over. Sequels are great if you have a plan. Yeah. I mean, to quote, like J.J. Abrams said, the Star Wars trilogy, like the sequel trilogy to Star Wars would have been great if they all sat in a room and made a plan. Right. But they didn't do that. It was just four you different know? people coming together and throwing their Mod Podge of ideas. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And it shows, you know, when you don't have, when you don't plan it out, and this goes more on the producer side of filmmaking, when you don't have this, like, plan, these movies just kind of exist. Yeah. And it, the, the 
the money printing that you want becomes very apparent. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's been our hot take. Is that what on is, sequels? Is this a is what are we calling this? What segment? should we call this segment? The at the end, because sometimes it'll be a hot like a, a hot take maybe, and sometimes it'll be like movie news, but like or other stuff. But what I should like, we call it? I like hot take. Okay, never mind. Unless someone unless someone comes up with a better name. That was yeah. This week's hot take sequels. Hey. Um, to wrap up. I think I we wanted to end on like some things that we've been enjoying, enjoying and watching recently and liking that we might not necessarily talk about, but like we think that you should watch. Do you have any recommendations off the top of your head? I have a couple already, but um, does it have to be just a movie? Could also be a a, um, a show. I love Futurama. You can watch Futurama. Okay. Any point. Um, cool Runnings. You're trapped on a plane and you got to watch Cool Runnings. That'll, that is a great time. Do you want to give a non-spoiler synopsis? Of Cool Runnings? Yeah. Uh, the Jamaican bobsled team. <laughs> yeah, there you period. go. <laughs> it's really good. It's about how like Jamaica joined the Winter Olympics as a bobsled team. It's like, and it's. And that's it. That's yeah. it. That's the. It's so good. I think my recommendation would be um, season two of Euphoria just started. You can find it on HBO. Mm. And it's very good if you haven't, like, everyone and their mom is talking about it, but if you haven't seen it, it's Zendaya's the main character, and it follows her um, struggle with, like, addiction to drugs. Um, so it's definitely, like, something to watch when you're feeling, like, emotionally capable because it's very heavy. And, like, even though all these people and characters are high school students, like, they're dealing with adult problems, and it's very, very good. Um, Hunter Schaefer is also in it. They're a trans actor. They're amazing. Um... Yeah, it's really good. I highly recommend. Season two isn't all out on HBO. I think it's being released on a weekly basis on Sundays. So you can watch the whole first season. And then the first episode just was released this past Sunday, the, the like ninth or something yeah. like that. Um, so highly, highly recommend if you have not, if you're like one of the few people that hasn't seen it. Me. Yeah, Matt <laughs> Me specifically. Seen it. It's so uh, good. Attack on Titan came back too. To all my anime fans. Check that out. Yeah. But yeah, I think we're going to leave it with that. Yeah. So. I don't know when we'll put out another episode. Maybe in a year. Yeah. Might be a surprise. Might be a surprise. Who knows? But you can. But stay tuned for interesting things. We got some plans. <laughs> no, there's some. We got some plans for this year. Um, try try to take the take the podcast in a interesting direction. This take one was a, in an interesting production. This one was a little all over the place. And so I think the next episode we record will be a little bit more streamlined. So thanks for bearing with us. But you can follow us on Instagram at SaintPod. And then let us know what you think. Let us know if you've seen any of the stuff we've talked about. Don't Look Up, Matrix 4, Kingsman, Spider-Man. Um, I was going to say No Way Home. That's still Spider-Man. If you saw the new Paranormal Activity movie. Is that what you guys watched that night? Yeah. What, is it a part of the franchise? It's kind of. A, oh. I don't know what it is. I haven't seen it. It's that. fine. Okay, anyway. It's, yeah. Let talk, us know. Talk about another example of a sequel yeah. that didn't need to be made. Let us know if you've seen any of these things. Let us know what you think. Agree, disagree. We love to banter. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. Any final words? No. <laughs> See y'all. See ya.